You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Paranormal Pets is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code PARANORMAL10, PARANORMAL, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets at PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Brandi Stark. Today's guest is Lori Champion of Pinellas Pasco Paranormal, and our topic is Birds in the Paranormal. Lori, who is the founder of her group and has 30 years paranormal experience, also had several cases in which birds play a part. So we're going to do our interview with her and uh, be back right after these messages. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Paranormal Pets is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash paranormal to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And 
welcome back to Paranormal Pets. Today we are dealing with the topic of birds and the paranormal, and our guest again is Lori Champion, who has had some unique cases of birds who um, may be interacting with ghosts. These birds are in particular parrots, as I recall, but we'll get her experience. And her stories lead to some interesting questions about our feathered friends and how they interact with the supernatural world. So what we do know so far, just in summary from all of these interviews that we've done over the years and the research, is that the animals who are recorded as interacting with the paranormal include cats, dogs, horses, cattle, sheep, and birds. And of course, all of these animals are associated with humans as either food, helpers, or companion pets. So while we have a lot of documented cases on cats and dogs, finding stories on birds is a little bit harder. So when Lori mentioned that she had an experience with birds and the paranormal, I thought this would be a great topic. So thank you so much for coming on our show, Lori. You're welcome. It's always so, fun. Oh, <laughs> it's always different. Well, I never thought I'd be talking about birds and ghosts in the same you know sentence, but it works Neither out. Did I. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So I think what we'll do, and I know you you've got a, a little bit of a sinus thing going because, of course, this is Florida, oh, and yeah. none of us can live here <laughs> without that. But I I thought maybe we'd start with kind of a, a summary of your cases, and then kind of see what kind of common threads we can find, and go from there. All right. Well, uh, this year alone, I've had three cases that involved a parrot. Now, they're all interesting. Parrots are very sentient birds. I think we don't give them enough credit. You know, I know that they learn by repetition. People believe that they don't know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. But I believe to some degree they do. Because I had a parrot when I was a kid. My grandmother had a parrot. I lived with my grandmother. And I remember this bird, you know, he, he would say everything that he heard. But the way parrots learn to speak is mm-hmm. they can't hear something just once. They have to hear it over and over and over. Okay. So in order for a bird to repeat a phrase, he has to have heard it over and over. Now, at uh, two of my last cases, there was a parrot who was saying things that he shouldn't know. And the strangest thing was he wasn't, you know, parrots, they spit out phrases at random. Mm-hmm. There's really no sense to what they say. These birds, uh, their timing and what they were saying was almost relevant to the conversation or very interactive in an appropriate manner. And um, that's very strange for a parrot. Also, I was doing some research on this also, the way parrots talk. You know, parrots don't have an esophagus or, you know, they don't talk the way we do. Okay. Okay. They, They have an esophagus and a trachea and a glottis, but not like we do. They use other... Um, other faculties to produce sounds. They use a tongue to a degree, but usually a parrot has a certain sound. When he mimics us, he doesn't sound like us mm-hmm. all the time. He sounds like a parrot, right? Right. They have a specific sound to their voice. But uh, one of the parrots in one of these cases was actually perfectly reproducing a voice that was not parrot-like at all. When you mm-hmm. heard it, it didn't have that distinctive parrot tone. It sounds like something that would be produced in the human throat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It was very interesting. And some of the things the parrot was saying, he was never taught, Mm -hmm. ever. And uh, his his responses were almost as if somebody was talking through the parrot. It was really strange. Well, that is interesting. It was very interesting. And I know you've sent a little sound bite. Yes, that's the next couple. Why are you following me? It's expensive. (laughs) What was that? Someone just threw something. Sean, did you see anything? 
And the spirits that are in this house. If you are benevolent, we have no problem with you. Okay? If you are not benevolent, that is why we are here. I know there's one of you who is not benevolent, and you cannot stay here. We'd like to see you move on to light or wherever it is you need to go. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We had one case where oh, it was um, hilarious. the parrot was just, you know, he was just right in with that ghost investigation. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the funniest part was this particular parrot. I know this parrot had been, um, had been being uh, annoyed by the ghost because I have tapes where you can hear the ghost talking to the parrot. And the parrot's getting very upset. He's jumping around the cage. You can hear that he's really, you know, flipping out like he's mm -hmm. afraid. But when we were doing the cleansing, I was talking. As I started talking, now the parrot had been quiet through the whole investigation for us. Now, one peep, uh, he was commenting on what, every, every time I would say something, like I would say I was addressing the spirits in the house. And I would say, um, I'm, I'm addressing all the spirits in this house. And the bird made a sound, almost sounded like a ghost, like the woo-woo. Uh-huh. It was hilarious. And he did it two more times. And then that was the last we heard from him for the rest of the night. <laughs> Well, you know, he was, was but he was crazy. definitely involved. And his sense of timing was incredible. It was incredible. It was hilarious. On the clip, you can hear everybody laughing because we're all very serious. You know, we're sitting around the circle, we're ready to do this cleansing. Everybody's on edge. And I start to talk and the parrot does it. You could just hear the tension break and everybody starts laughing. It's really well, cute. It just shows that our pets are still better for us, I think. Being as a parrot is it's like a, a living tape recorder, more or less. Mm -hmm. They repeat what they hear, right? Sure. I think a parrot in a haunted home is going to be a dead giveaway if he is a very, you know, if he's a, a smart parrot that talks on a regular basis. And he starts saying things that nobody taught him. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, it really does. I mean, the only real parrot story that I've uh, ever encountered actually was in a book on animal ghosts, which unfortunately is kind of one of those books that I got the impression the investigator was writing it because he was piecing together other books, you know, and he just kind of inserted a couple chapters on animals. Yeah. But still, and the stories were highly depressing. I, I, as an animal lover, I'm reading through these and I'm going, oh, this is terrible. I and know, unfortunately, I yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things in order to get to the animal ghost, you have to have the animal die, you know. But it was it was still interesting because the one story, and I think I mentioned it on the show before, but I thought it was fascinating. But the parrot actually was the ghost. It wasn't mimicking a ghost. But what was really interesting is that, and the story in brief is that a man was very lonely. He bought a bird and it was some sort of, you know, special, expensive, exotic gray something yeah. and you know it was his best friend and he spent time with it and then he started you know he met the woman of his dreams and they started dating and he started leaving the bird a little bit more and the bird was jealous of her you know kind of the you know this long yeah. drawn out thing he finally ended up getting married and they left the bird with a friend for a couple of weeks and this just breaks my heart the bird actually didn't die at this point but the friend did not know that you know birds make a lot of noise but they like a lot of action you know and they make more noise because they want attention and action and so what uh, this guy did was he got annoyed with the bird and he put it back in a room by itself. Okay. You know, I guess maybe thinking that, you know, the action was causing agitation in the bird. But instead, apparently that's one of the worst things you can do to a bird mm -hmm. is to isolate them. And this bird, you know, just, I guess, kind of had a nervous breakdown <laughs> at this point. They did get it to a vet and they got it to heal over. 
and uh, they moved on. And unfortunately, you know, the, the bird actually started making friends with the girlfriend, but apparently she fed it chocolate. And I don't know why you would feed a bird chocolate, but oh, allegedly oh. it's an accident and the bird died. And the interesting thing is that its spirit, they started hearing it talk. So it's a little bit in a reverse from what you're saying, and we'll, we'll get back to that. But it was just kind of interesting because... You know, that what sounds very familiar to me. I think I've read that. Yes. And what was interesting is that when the birds started talking, at first he was saying the man's name and the girlfriend's name, like Rick and Pam or something like that. And then he ratted them out for cheating? Yes, he ratted the yeah, girlfriend I, did, I read out. that story. I read that story. And it was it was one of those things where, you know, kind of in secret, I'm going, yay, bird. <laughs> you know, you go. Yeah, exactly. But it was it was also, you know, it was kind of, it was interesting because that would almost show, if the story's legit, you know, that the bird, it, it kind of gives, yeah, it, it actually gives a reversal that exactly. uh, it's learning to speak the words instead of being taught to speak. And I just thought that was a great, well, it was exactly. a good story. And you know, you know the, there's, there's times when I even question that with one yeah. of the parents of these cases because his responses fit what you said to him. He would reply to you with, things that made sense. Oh, now, that's interesting. You know, the, one of the most uh, talkative parrots, the best talker out there is an African gray. Mm-hmm. The African grays are known for being really, really articulate. I mean, they can talk up a storm. I and mean, this parrot was an African gray. Do you think it was uh, a form of cognizance or do you think it was synchronicity or chance? I don't know. See, the first two times I would say maybe it's coincidence. Right. But I watched this bird carry on a conversation with the owner. Wow. I mean, it was amazing. Amazing. And I was like, wow, you know. My parrot that I grew up with never did that. He just repeated what he heard. I think they are said to be fairly intelligent. I mean, it's, you know, part of the reason why they were domesticated to begin with. But, and of course, you know, you don't. I, I seem to recall reading about how they were capturing the birds and what they had to do to kind of get them domesticated over the years. And, of course, there was illegal poaching for a long time with these oh, yeah. birds because they were so valued. Do you remember I was talking to you about Wendy's parrot? Yes. Okay. Wendy's parrot does something very strange. I've noticed Wendy's parrot at times speaks in a voice that does not sound like his normal parrot voice. Oh, that is okay. interesting. It sounds like a totally human voice. Like I was saying before, parents have a very distinctive sound. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it and you know it's a parrot. Because they, as much as they can reproduce, their voice sounds differently. Okay? Right. Now, it's, do you it's think... It's kind of more complex than what's produced in the human throat. It doesn't need as much shaping as it comes through the mouth. And it, it comes out weird. Do you okay? think... That the the human voice, do you think it's mimicking? I mean, do birds mimic different people's voices they, differently? They do. They do. They can. Um, <laughs> my bird that I grew up with, he could imitate my grandmother perfectly. He could imitate her laugh to a T. Mm-hmm. And she used to holler at me, you know, like they grandmas holler at their grandchildren, you know, get right. down, don't do that, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And when he would do that, he would sound just like her. Well, I've, I, and I have heard of birds who can mimic sounds like uh, microwaves oh, yeah. and alarms. And, oh, and the phone and you name it. Yeah, there is one of the most amusing birds I've ever seen because he does something that's really cute. When you walk by, he makes the sound of like uh, a metal detector. So it's like walking through the thing at the airport. Oh, my. By the cage, he makes the noise. It's hilarious. Now, since this is the same bird whose voice changes, do you think, and this is a kind of a stranger question, but do you think the bird is mimicking something externally, or do you think 
and uh, this is always an interesting question, can animals become possessed? I mean, you do you know, think... I, get out of my head. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> When good. I first watched this bird, okay, now listen to this because this is wild. I had EVPs taken in, in her house, mm-hmm. and one of them, it's a male who claims his name is Sergey. And one of the things he says, which is quite weird, is he says, and I quote, I want to eat you. And he says it in this very deep baritone male voice, okay? Mm-hmm. That sounds nothing like a parrot. Okay. Well, Wendy had told me that the bird, out of nowhere, uh, she was talking to the bird, and the bird turned around and said to her in a deep baritone voice, I want to eat you. Well, we went out to investigate, and guess what? We got the EVP from a man in her bedroom. And it was not the bird. The bird wasn't in the room. The bird was out in the living room. He was covered up with a cloth, sound asleep. And we have a man saying that exact phrase. And when she listened to it, she said, that's the voice. She said, that is not my bird's voice. And why would he say that? Who would teach a bird to say something like that? Well, unless he's talking, he's tormenting the bird, you know, kind of. Uh, that's you what know, we you, were thinking. You that's overgrown exactly, chicken, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what, what we were saying. This ghost is looking at the bird and saying, I want to eat you. I want to eat you. Well, that's not a very nice ghost. From the ghost. See, you're, you're thinking the same line along the same lines as I am. Wow, that's pretty wild. So, yeah. so you do think then that birds, well, actually, let me ask you this question. Then we'll pause for a break and we'll get back into it. But how do you think that uh, birds perceive the paranormal? I mean, do you think they, they see it like we do? Or I've always been very curious. I believe they see it better than we do. Watching okay. the bird at uh, my sea pines case, okay, mm-hmm. I knew when the spirit came into the room because of the way the bird reacted on our first visit. Mm-hmm. The bird was going insane as if somebody was at his cage scaring him. Wow. And then I had tape recorders in the home and we left the home. And we listened to the bird and something was terrorizing that bird. You could hear him banging into the bars and screaming. You could hear his jumping off the, uh, the swing, and you could hear a voice muttering at the bird. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think they can see them and hear them a lot better than we can. Remember, a bird's hearing is so acute that you can actually hurt a bird. You can kill a bird by playing a loud stereo at a certain decibel. Really? Their, their eardrums will implode. You know how many people have lost their parakeets because their teenager was blasting a stereo? No, I didn't realize that. Until my parakeet died when my daughter was about 15. She oh, had wow. a parakeet, and she was blasting a stereo. The parakeet keeled over. And I learned later on that that's what killed the bird. It can actually kill them. But wow. But hearing is so intensified compared to ours. It, it's greater than a dog. It's greater than a lot of the animals that we consider to have excellent hearing. Well, it, you know? that actually fits it well, then, with the research I recently did on cats. And, and a couple prior shows, I actually did a bit of research and, and read a research paper on cats and the supernatural. And part of the reason why cats were considered supernatural was because of their excellent hearing, you know, and, and that they actually can hear either as well as or possibly better than dogs. You know, dogs are supreme with their sense of oh, smell. Yeah. But, and a bird know, can hear better than a dog, so... And that would be very interesting because, of course, ghost EVPs and whatnot are usually – well, actually, there's two two sources of paranormal activity. There is low frequency or the, the low sound, which we can hear, but we're not conscious of it, if that makes any sense. There, it, I think they've done studies that indicate that it causes you know paranoia and things like that, these low-frequency sounds. And so it's kind of interesting if birds could pick that up. And, of course, ghosts are also in that – they, they that seem to be in range. a different – yeah, exactly. frequency. 
So exactly. uh, if, if their hearing is so much better, then maybe that's part of the well, reason why birds are... Sensitive creatures on Earth to everything, to sound, to... Uh, remember years ago, they used to take the bird down into the mines to make sure there was yes. no gas. Because if the bird killed over, they would get out. Yes, more not a good way to do Yeah, I know, that was horrible. It's very delicate. They're very delicate creatures. Yes. And their hearing is extreme. Frequencies that we can't. Well, in the 1800s, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this is where teaching humanity sometimes comes back at you, but in the 1800s when science was coming out, uh, scientists would demonstrate oxygen. And there's this painting, and I'm sorry to say I cannot remember the exact title or artist, but I can still see it in my head. But it, and it had this beautiful, you know, well, at night painting and all this, but uh, it actually showed the scientists. And what they were doing is they had a dove inside a jar, and they had designed kind of this machine that would suck the air out of the jar, and the, the bird would quote unquote die, and then they would release all the air, and the bird would, would revive. And it was, it was interesting because you saw that it was very Victorian. So all the women were just absolutely horrified. All the men were absolutely fascinated, you know, because of the dichotomy where men were supposed to have that stiff upper lip and be the intellect and reason and women exactly. were but you know it, it's interesting to see that birds you know even even as late as the 1800s and even today are still seeing uh you know the canary in the cage or the canary in the mind the birds in the you know in the glass jars and even all the way back to the ancients i mean they still have that liminal state where they're kind of going back and forth between the supernatural realm and this realm so uh, it ties in nicely with the folklore but the more personally that i study animals the more i see the supernatural is possibly literally being their enhanced senses that they simply are more attuned to what's going on around them either one because they aren't told it doesn't exist or two because they perceive it while we're you know here we are in our little ignorance we have a a nice big brain but not the senses to go with it you know so exactly still have the senses but we've just we haven't used them in so long you know they've become dormant and, and atrophied well, we have Animals the are still using them. True. Well, for example, our, our range of hearing is definitely considerably less, and our vision is less, oh, yeah. and our smell is less, Not and our that, taste. But our our ability to sense vibration. For instance, remember the tsunami. Yes. When the tsunami happened, every animal left that place and went to the highest yeah. mountain peak. It was amazing. There was a big study done on it, and mm-hmm. they cleared out two days beforehand, and they went to yep. the highest mountain peak. Every bird, every everything on four legs, because they have an ability. It's their instinct for survival. They can sense the coming of a storm or an earthquake or anything, yes. and they can get to safety. Then what do we do? We, we look at the TV, we turn on the radio, we turn on the computer. I would say in the early 1900s, there was a big event here in Florida in the by Lake Okeechobee, and uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, but there was a hurricane that hit, and of course, this was before they were naming storms and way before Doppler. I mean, we're talking before 1920. Yeah. And it was interesting because way back. And it was interesting (laughs) because what was actually recorded was that the animals, you know, people observed what was going on. The animals left the area. After the animals left the area, the Native Americans left after the animals. And it was because they've learned to watch the animals. The animals, yeah. And the Native Americans plan a lot of their things for for centuries by watching the animals. Because they know that the animals know something they don't. And so it was, if all the it animals was, are leaving, they're going to follow. Basically, everybody else who stayed, and basically what happened was the hurricane actually pushed Lake Okeechobee back. It actually flooded it to the extent oh, yeah. that hundreds, I believe, drowned in this, in this uh, earth, uh, well, 
movement okay. of water. Yes, or, well, the water, yes, the hurricane itself, it was just an amazing thing. So you know, I've always told people that if all of my pugs <laughs> line up at the door and they want That's out, right. I am going, you know, I will take the I'm rats. Going with them. And I'm going I do the with same them. thing. <laughs> well, let's pause for just a second. We've got a couple of uh, commercial messages to plug in and then we'll get back to this. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Paranormal Pets is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings up to 50%. And if you find a lower price on a certified EPA and FDA approved medication, Pet Care Rx will match that price. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code PARANORMAL10. P-A-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more. Join us every week on Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. We're your hosts, Barbara Heidenreich from Good Birding and Robin Schwokas from the Leather Elves. How do I learn more about my parrots? Spread your wings and get ready to fly. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Welcome back. We are continuing our discussion with Lori Champion, and we're talking about birds and the supernatural. And I, I was wondering if you thought, and this is kind of a stranger question as well, but we were talking about the aspect of sound in birds, how birds have this greater sense of hearing than we do. But I also wonder if it's interesting when we deal with ghosts, because ghosts are altered state of consciousness beings, right? They, they are basically a mind without a body. And in that sense... I wonder if they communicate easier with birds on a mental level. Is there bird telepathy between ghost and bird? Well, you know, if you follow, there are a lot of people who are of the theory that a spirit can mm-hmm. communicate with anyone on a mental level. Okay. It's off your head and you can, how many times have you heard people say, I, I didn't hear it with my ears, but I heard it in my head. Oh, absolutely. And I think I'm crazy because, you know, yeah. and I, I don't know, you know, as far as that goes. The power of thought, I know, is a tremendous thing. Uh, so who should say that, you know, that it's not possible? It would be really interesting. Although, you know, as I said, the more I hear, the more I think that what animals are actually doing is using their enhanced senses. It's interesting that humankind, in getting a, a larger brain and, in theory, a better sense of reasoning and intellect, although I still don't think we can rule out animals for having intellectual thought, but yeah. at least while well, they're doing more and more studies, and it seems to be that, 
that animals are more intelligent than we think. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, because they're more in touch with the senses that we've we've let atrophy. Yes, more in touch with their instincts. People nowadays are not people not even nowadays for a long time. Okay, since early man probably, we haven't really been in touch with that faculty. Replaced it with technology and education and. Our predators have reduced considerably. I mean, you know, perhaps ancient man had to deal with more predatorial aspects. But as time has gone on, obviously, you know, the biggest killers of humankind are microbes. And there's not much you can do on those. And fellow humans. Humans kill humans more so than anything else. So uh, the irony there. Directly or indirectly through our actions. That's right. So maybe it's it's in part, you know, the, the rise of the intellect is because of maybe a lessened sense of a predatory oh. nature. Oh, let me tell you about this. I think this will interest you. Okay. I saw a television show the other night called The Uprising. It was on Discovery. And it seems that in certain parts of the world, animals are literally uprising against people. And they were showing uh, scenes from India. Where mm-hmm. elephants were just coming into town and just killing people for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, birds are attacking people in another country. Uh, they had several people who have been attacked by birds. Uh, and you know about the uh, the problem in Florida right now with the non-indigenous snakes that are breeding out of control in the Everglades. Yes. I'm sure you've heard about that. Uh, oh, yeah. These pythons are enormous. They found one with a girth of three feet and these are big enough to eat a small person or a child. Yeah. And right now they're estimating there are hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah, well. Humongous breeding population. They're spreading through the state of Florida, pythons and boas, which are not native, but they've adapted right. to the weather. Oh, so, yeah. Um, they, were, they were citing all of these things and all of these animals in certain areas that were actually, it, it seems as if they're actually seeking vengeance on us. You know, maybe maybe they're tired of us taking over the world and destroying their habitat and killing them and enslaving them. I don't know. But the quorum was very interesting and very thought-provoking. That and is. In reality, when you think about it, Brandy, in reality, if the animal world from the insect up to the largest, you know, apex predator were actually to turn on us on the same day, mm-hmm. our technology wouldn't save us. That's probably true. Yeah. The birds alone outnumber, the only thing that outnumber human beings are birds and insects. Yes. And, the, you know, <laughs> they were showing uh, airplanes that were downed by birds. A flock of 3,000 starlings flew into a jet into the uh, turbines Ugh. and brought the jet down. And what was funny was they showed it on film because they had it on film. They uh-huh. filmed it, uh, somebody at the airport. The starlings were not moving towards the plane they were moving alongside like on on the side it was almost as if they saw the plane and then deliberately turned and and headed straight for it wow there was a plane that was the geese brought down in the hudson river not too long ago right we're talking about all of this stuff you know and they were questioning it they said you know we've noticed in the past couple of years these instances are just way over the top of what they ever were before you know (sighs) Well, that's it actually kind wonder. of scary. Yeah. It is scary. It scares you, don't it? Yeah. I'm going to have to make sure that the pugs put in a good word for me. <laughs> I don't exactly. know. Exactly. That's pretty exactly. amazing. Think about that concept. It's, ooh, oh, yeah. it's staggering. It is. 
And actually, it does remind me, you know, they, I've always heard that Hollywood presents movies that always seem very outrageous, etc., but that there's this quote-unquote conspiracy, and I don't know if I agree with it or not, but that Hollywood is actually trying to prepare us for, you know, all of these things that are exactly. happening. Exactly. And, and I, I seem to recall, before. you know, I remember seeing a couple episodes where uh, birds were attacking. They were attacking in London. This was on a sci-fi, and I don't know. It was not, it was a... A no, movie this was of some on, sort. On Discovery, and it was a real documentary. Right. Well, it just it reminds me of Alfred Hitchcock and the birds. And, and you know, may, maybe there's that undertone. about that. They said, it seems uh, Alfred Hitchcock's movie may be coming true. Uh, uh, they had a man that was attacked a by a vulture. Vultures never attack people. No, they don't go for the living the vultures there. Vultures are carrion eaters, they're scavengers. Yeah. They don't oh. attack people. I mean, this man was tore up. They had this another man who was attacked by an eagle and an owl, and you name it. Wow. Well, we're actually kind of nearing the end of our time. So I know that you and I had talked and we were kind of interested in trying to see if there were other cases out there that people, you know, would be comfortable reporting or just letting us know that they have a, a ghost case that involved a bird and just kind of giving us the details. So would I, you know, I, I think it's kind of an understudied uh, topic. You know, as I said, I've done research on dogs and there's stuff everywhere. Cats, it's a little harder. There aren't as many resources because they're sorcery and, and witchcraft related, but there are some. I know. But when it comes to birds, it's like, you know, there's, I've, I've only heard the one story and I've heard from you and I haven't heard a heck of a lot else. So I'm kind of hoping we get some folks that would be willing to, uh, well, they don't have Wendy, to come on the air, Wendy but they can show. tell you a lot about the bird. Oh, wonderful. Well, I know she, I've got to contact her and see about setting her up for a future show. You can bring the bird on the show because he's very willing to talk. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. <laughs> Actually, I'm that sure would, he would do it. <laughs> well, it'll be something different than the pugs, let me tell you. Well, as we're uh, kind of running towards the very end, I know that um, you've got a website and a book, and I thought I'd give you a minute if you want to tell us a little bit yeah. about it. Okay. My book is called Never Forever Dead. It's about hostile hauntings. And it's available on Amazon.com. And it's a good book for the enthusiast and the paranormal investigator alike. Gives lots of information on hostile haunt cases. And my website is www.PinellasPascoParanormalNoSpaces.com. And it is also a website geared towards information on hostile hauntings and hauntings in general. There's other stuff there about the Florida Bigfoot and things like that. There's lots oh. of stuff to read there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a huge website. Absolutely. We're adding to it. Well, that's half the fun, right? <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And thank I'm going to. Thank you re- for having me. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to remind our listeners, always, always, always support your local rescues, Pug Rescue of Florida, and I still do my little rodent rescues, and I know you do turtle rescue. I do that turtle rescue and holiday. Absolutely. So please support your rescue groups, and if you'd like to read a little bit more about uh, some paranormal animals, we've got a lot of links posted at the Spirits of St. Petersburg site, which is www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. We want to thank you so much for listening, and uh, wish you some haunted times. Keep your pets safe and your birds safe and yourself safe and we'll catch you next episode. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets where you can always expect the unexpected. 
Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.